time management is often rooted in energy management. So if we are exhausted, if we're really tired, then it's going to take us 10 times as long to complete a project, and it's probably going to also be lower quality. Welcome to the Audience Converter Podcast, the podcast for converting your audience from strangers to loyal fans. We dive deep and discuss how entrepreneurs, consultants, and coaches can level up their business to help more people in the world. Now here's your host, the creator of the Audience Conversion Method, Kimberly Whitecamp. Are you a community leader who's looking to really build your community through the power of email? It's the first chance you have to get in front of the right people, and you should make the most of it. So many community leaders take the template approach, and you've lost your community before they've even found you. How about crafting the perfect welcome series instead? You can grab my guide, Crafting the Perfect Welcome Series, at theaudienceconverter.com slash giveaway. Discover the tips and tactics I use to help my clients get up to an 80% open rate. When people open those first few emails, they're more likely to continue opening your messages, engaging, and buying from you. Build your community the right way with a welcome series that converts. Grab your copy at theaudienceconverter.com slash giveaway. We have an exciting episode in store for all of you today. So as entrepreneurs, it's really easy for all of us to get completely overwhelmed, right? It seems like there's always all the things that we need to do. There's always something new that needs to get finished. There's always some new software we have to figure out or another marketing strategy to put in place or even the small things like, you know, organizing our invoicing and our workflows. There always seems to be so many different things that we need to get done. But ultimately, we want to be more productive, right? Most of us got into the world of entrepreneurship so that we could spend more time doing the things we love and less time on the things that we don't. But it's really easy to get into the mindset of productivity, meaning getting more stuff done, but not necessarily getting the right things done. And also, it's very difficult for many of us to find those boundaries that are really a fit for who we are and what we do. And in today's episode, I've got an amazing guest, my really good friend, Sagan Morrow. We talk about productivity, but also productivity in terms of not just the day-to-day or the week-to-week, but the season-to-season and how to really take full advantage of our own internal energy levels and making sure that we're doing the things that we really want to do. She has a, a great story of how she became an entrepreneur and how she went from working in the really busy and uh super non-productive space, if you will, of nonprofits into becoming an entrepreneur and moving into all of those different aspects of being an entrepreneur with a productivity angle. So definitely, if you've ever struggled to get certain things done and are trying to figure out exactly how to make sure you're getting the right things done, this is definitely an episode for you. So tune in. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Audience Converter Podcast. I'm Kimberly Whitecamp, your host, conversion copywriter and marketing strategist. And today we're going to talk about something that all of us know we should do, but then trying to figure out the logistics is one of those things we're all a little confused on. And that is increasing our productivity, but not necessarily increasing what you're doing. And that's something we're going to dive in today. So I'm so excited to introduce introduce my friend, Sagan Morrow. Sagan is a productivity specialist. She teaches busy, time-crunched solopreneurs how to build their own successful home-based businesses without the overwhelm, which is very key, through her online courses and business resources at sagamaro.com. She specializes in productivity tips and action-oriented strategic planning for multi-passionate creatives. She's 
has over a decade of experience as a freelance writer and editor, and hosts the Indie Author Weekly podcast. When she isn't teaching solopreneurs or doing freelance work for her own clients, she writes romance novels. So clearly, Sagan has it dialed in on uh, exactly what it takes to be more productive and get what you want done in your business and in your life. So Sagan, thank you so much for coming on to the show and welcome. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to talk to you. You know, we met uh, doing a giveaway and decided to do a couple collaborations and you're just such a fun person to talk with and you've got such a great perspective on productivity and what that really means. So we're going to go ahead and dive in here and, you know, tell me a little bit about, you know, your journey to the path of entrepreneurship. You know, we, we covered quite a few different things in that little intro, you know, romance novelist, uh, writer, editor, has clients, all kinds of good stuff. So tell me a little bit about your journey and how you got to be doing what you're doing. Yeah. So I actually started out as a health blogger about 12 years ago. So (laughs) I started blogging like way back before blogging was cool. Um, And when I was doing that, it was really interesting because I decided to start my blog as a way to build up my portfolio. At the time, I thought that I wanted to write about health for a living. That was kind of my, my main goal. And when I was doing that, you know, I was blogging, I was connecting with this wonderful health blogging community that I didn't even know existed. And my blog just started growing and growing and growing. And I ended up getting a really large freelance contract as pretty much a direct result of my health blog. It was kind of cool. A job in doing public relations for a local health center. And from there, this contract was big enough that it could be pretty much my full-time thing. So I was suddenly this full-time freelancer, pretty much straight out of university. It was awesome. And then that contract came to an end, as freelance contracts often do. And I was at this point where I realized I have no idea how to go about marketing my business and finding clients. And I also was really starting to understand just how much work it is to work from home and just how hard it is to not be distracted by everything in your house. So the productivity and time management stuff were something I really struggled with. So I took the first nine to five job that I could get, which happened to be at a local nonprofit. And I kept doing a little bit of freelance work on the side because I had like a couple of small clients here and there. The more and more that I was working at this nonprofit, the more I realized I was taking on a lot of different responsibilities. It was a very small nonprofit, so you had to wear a lot of hats. And I realized that I was getting better and better at juggling a lot of things. And, you know, they didn't, they didn't have the opportunity to pay me a lot or even have me for that many hours. It was kind of a, it was sort of a part-time job. I think I was working like 25 hours a week or something like that. And they wanted me to do basically three full-time positions squeezed into that time. So I was making it work. I was really learning about how to delegate and how to take things off the task list that really aren't as important as these other tasks. The more that I kept doing that, the more that I realized that I really wanted to keep doing the freelance writing and the freelance editing side of things. I loved that so much more. So from there, I started building up my business. And if I think it was within five months that I quit my nine to five job and started working from home full time as a freelancer. That was, I think that was over six years ago. 
And uh, a couple of years after that, I started getting a ton of questions from other people wanting to know how I had done this and, you know, how I was able to work from home productively and effectively. So from there, I wrote and published my first book, The Business of Writing and Editing. And then I started teaching online courses for other freelancers. And it just has really built up from there. I still do some freelance work, but my main sort of One of my biggest passions is really teaching about time management and productivity. And the other big thing that I love doing that I just added in the last couple of years is writing romantic comedies. So I'm very passionate about, you know, figuring out ways for us to adapt and pivot within our lives and our businesses and to make space for those really fun, cool projects that we adore doing and sort of ensuring that our business is built up in such a way that it, it does make that space for those fun projects. Definitely. You know, when I saw the, the, that long, long list, you know, and then I went and I looked at all of the, the fun things and you, you also host your own podcast and everything. And one of the things that a lot of us, you know, we get into entrepreneurship, we become our own solopreneur, we become our own boss for is so that we have that time freedom that we can choose. Oh yeah, I'm not going to work today or I'm going to focus on something I really love. But quickly we fall down that rabbit hole of, oh, I have all these other things to do. Well, as soon as those are done, then I can get back to the, you know, the, the, uh, the job of living, uh, but we've kind of put it onto the back burner. So I love your approach of, you know, making really sure that people find what they're passionate about, but also find, you know, where is it that you want to be putting that focus? Where is it that your business, how should it be helping you to create the life you want to live? Yes. Yeah. I, I find it's very important. And I mean, oftentimes, you know, we look at the things that matter to us in our personal lives and something I find very problematic in, and this used to be for me too. I see this for a lot of my clients is that what matters in their personal life, what their values are personally don't translate to their professional goals. So their, their professional goals, what they think that they kind of want to be doing with their business, it's actually getting in the way of what they care the most about and what they want to spend their energy on and their time on. Again and again, I hear people say, you know, oh, I'd love to spend more time with my family, but my work requires me to do X, Y, Z. Or, you know, I love the idea of writing a book, but I just can't do it because I don't have the time or the energy for it. You know, I've always wanted to do that, but I just can't. And I think to myself, well, at a certain point, if, if it really is that important to us to start that hobby or add a new facet to our business or spend that quality time with loved ones or be an activist in social justice movements, if that kind of thing is really that important to us, then we need to take a good hard look at how we are currently spending our time and our energy, especially in our business, and how we might be able to restructure it and reframe it and distribute our time and energy in different ways. Plus, when we are our own bosses, you know, especially when we're solopreneurs, when we're entrepreneurs, we have complete control over the the direction that our business takes. So it's really cool in that sense that if something isn't working, if we are spending all of our time and energy on our business and we don't want that, then we have the power to pivot and do something different. Definitely. Could not agree more. We always have that you know, it's something I've heard a lot from a lot of people is, you know, we got into it because we wanted to do, you know, as you said, X, Y, Z, I believe is the Canadian pronunciation, which I just love. Um, yes. And, uh, you know, 
And then we start thinking, oh, I don't have time to do whatever it is that I really want to do. And so making sure to take stock of where our priorities lie. And that's something that you're really great at helping people with. So what is kind of that first step for a lot of people to figure out, you know, where they're spending their time and how they want to be spending their time and figuring out kind of like where their priorities should be? Mm-hmm. This is a really great question. What I really like doing is actually taking a a solo retreat, if that's possible for you. Even a half day, just setting aside a half day where you're doing nothing else. Ideally, you want it to be one or even two full days to get really deep into it. But the concept behind it is really about identifying, okay, if I could do absolutely anything and all other things were equal, right? I didn't have to worry about you know, income or anything like that. If I could do absolutely anything, how would I most want to spend my, my time? Making a list of that, speaking out loud, you know, just you know, voicing your ideas out loud either by yourself into a recording device or brainstorming with another person, doing free writing or mind mapping, you know, to like visually sort of conceptualize what your different ideas are. These are different ways that you can really get some clarity on what you care the most about. And once you have that all, let's say down on paper, let's say you've written them all over a big piece of poster paper, then you can start to connect the dots. You can start to see what do all of these things have in common? What are the common threads between them all? And once you figure that out, you can then start to look at, okay, how do I make this realistic? How do I ground this in reality? You know, maybe it's not realistic to design my business in such and such a way, but maybe there's, there's a, maybe I can apply it in a way that can work. Um, for example, if you are just, you know, the kind of person who loves movies and you're like, you know, all I really want to do all day long is watch Netflix. That might at first glance seem unrealistic, but I mean, when you really think about it, maybe there's a job as a film critic or something like that for you, right? So it's kind of like thinking outside the box a little bit in terms of if this is something that I would love to do, then how do I then turn that into into my profession? Um, And then also, you know, when you are looking at your values, how can you perhaps instill your personal values into your mission statement, your vision for your business. For example, in my business, the foundation of my business is this concept of make your own rules. And so I talk about that through the lens of, you know, my romantic comedies that I write. They are all about alternative relationships, alternative lifestyles. So in that sense, it's really about these characters um, embracing who they are and making their own rules. From the productivity side of things and the time management side of things, as a productivity strategist, I really teach people, okay, here's how you can create your own customized personalized strategies that work really well for you. You are making your own rules in business. So I'm not really a big fan of, you know, copying and pasting exactly what someone else is doing. It's more about understanding the ideas and getting inspiration from other people and understanding how to create your own strategy based on that. So by having this sort of concept of make your own rules, it it creates this lovely platform for me. It also helps me understand when I am going to post something on, you know, social media or anything like that, how it kind of fits into that. So, you know, 
really, if you're trying to figure out, okay, what do I want to do? And like, how do I, how do I prioritize things? It's really about, you know, starting from that area of getting your thoughts out of your head onto paper and then create, starting to really create a, a solid comprehensive business plan. When I'm doing this kind of thing with a retreat, I really like asking a series of guided questions to sort of get really at the root of, you know, what do I want now? What am I afraid of? Um, what am I most excited about? How do my personal relationships, my professional collaborations fit with all of this? I have a whole list of, of guided questions that I like asking myself and that I teach my clients as well. But doing that really just, you know, sitting with yourself and being very honest and vulnerable with yourself can be a great place to start for understanding what you need to prioritize in your business. And then you can start figuring out the how of it, the action steps that you'll take, what your schedule will start to look like, the timelines you want to work with, all of that kind of stuff. Definitely. You know, it's one of those things where so many of us, we we figured out what we want to do or we figured out that part where it's like, oh, I love doing this. If I could, you know, get paid to do this all the time, I would love it. If I could do it for free, I would love it, that kind of thing. But then, you know, I, I like what you said about incorporating not just what you want to do and how you want your schedule to look, but also, you know, your values and, and how you want everything to kind of coalesce because it's easy for us to get lost into one part of our business, whether that's setting it up, uh, appeasing our clients, um, you know, creating new stuff to, to put out into the world. There's all kinds of different things that we can get a little lost in. So making sure that we're coming from a place where this is what we're wanting to do. This is um, how we're wanting to uh, approach things and then taking those steps to make sure it happens. So You've talked about going on this solo retreat, uh, which I love that idea, you know, taking a day or two and just really sitting down and kind of mapping out, okay, what is it that looks like success to me? What is it that looks like a great life for me? So once you've kind of gone and done that, what are some of the, you know, the, I love the the big approaches, the big picture stuff, but then I also really like the how-to uh, items. So what could somebody do like right now um, in preparation for that solo retreat or right after they've done that solo retreat? How could they kind of improve their efficiency as a solopreneur in particular? Yeah. So part of what it comes down to, again, is being very realistic with yourself and very honest with yourself um, about your existing amounts of time and energy and kind of what you what takes more of your energy versus other things. Time management is often rooted in energy management. So if we are exhausted, if we're really tired, then it's going to take us 10 times as long to complete a project and it's probably going to also be lower quality. So it's very important that we are well-rested. Uh, Self-care is an extremely important part of productivity. We can't be productive unless we take care of ourselves. So that's going to be a key part is understanding for yourself how much, not just how long does it take me to do a certain task, how many hours is this going to take, but also how much is this going to drain me? Am I going to be experiencing some burnout? How do I prevent that burnout from even happening in the first place? Once you can kind of apply, you know, an idea of, is this a high energy task, a low energy task, a medium energy task? And once you have an approximate amount of hours that you anticipate routine tasks might take in your business, then you can start incorporating them into your uh, plan of action, your schedule, your timeline. 
And because you have now gone into the big picture stuff, you know what your key priorities are with your business. You probably know what your long-term goals are. In that sense, you can start working backward. You can start creating smaller goals and you can look at how do I ensure that every single task I work on with my business on a daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, yearly basis all work towards those big goals? If you take a look at your task today, if your your task list right now, after looking at, after deciding what your big goals are, what your priorities are, if you look at your task list, how many of those things actually connect to your big goals? And if they don't, if they are all over the place, then that's a really good sign that you can let go of a lot of things, um, maybe remove it altogether or delegate or outsource, right? There's all kinds of different things we can do. On the other hand, if you find that you really love certain tasks that you're doing and they don't connect back to your bigger goals, then you might want to take another step back and look at, okay, maybe my big goals aren't clear enough. How can I ensure that I'm not letting go of a part of my business that I really love? So being flexible and adaptable with your big goals can can be very helpful. Definitely. You know, especially when we're talking about goal setting, it's one of those things that is always evolving and it's always kind of changing. You know, uh, for many of us, you know, when I first got started, I knew exactly, exactly what I wanted to do. I knew exactly who I wanted to serve. I knew exactly what kind of client I wanted. I picked a name based on that. And guess what? Three years later, I was like, you know, I don't want to serve this area anymore. I'm not interested in this anymore. So, you know, my goals kind of changed. My, my whole approach changed. The, the places I wanted to focus my energy changed. Um, and that's okay. It's one of those things you have to be open to being able to, to change and adapt because your goals are going to change and evolve as you change and evolve and as your priorities change and evolve. And I think one of the things that so many of us get lost in when talking about productivity is for a lot of people, productivity equals doing more stuff. And that's not the case. What it means is, you know, making the best use of your time and like what you were talking about with, you know, your high energy, your medium energy and your low energy. There's certainly tasks I know I'm like, I have to do them in the morning. Uh, You know, I, I write for people. I love writing, but I also know that I don't have the mental energy. I don't have the concentration to do it late in the afternoon. So it's got to be one of those things I do early in the morning. Yes. Understanding our higher energy times of day and our most creative times of day makes such a difference. Um, I'm the same with, you know, book writing. I pretty much always do it in the morning and the evening because the middle of the afternoon is not an ideal time for me to write books. That's not the kind of energy that I tend to have. And also, you know, paying attention to the seasons of the year, the seasons of our lives. Uh, You know, collectively, we're very low energy right now. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world and it is exhausting. So when we pay attention to that kind of thing, we recognize that What we can do, what we have the capacity and bandwidth for right now probably is not the same as it was a year ago. And that's okay. But what it means then is that you probably want to be removing even more things from your from your task list so that you are not exhausted all the time. So you do have energy to focus on the things that matter the most to you. Uh, That's yeah, that's that's going to be a really big piece of it. Focusing on energy management matters. And, you know, it's, it's so true that we often glorify busy, you know, the culture of busy. We think that productivity is all about being busy. It's not at all. It's not at all. Productivity is needs a foundation of 
self-care, and rest. Because if we don't have those pieces in place, then we're just going to be tired and we are not going to be able to work efficiently. You know, and in the way that I teach productivity, things like toxic productivity don't actually exist because productivity is all healthy. It's all good. So when you get to toxic productivity, suddenly that's because you're no longer actually being productive, right? So really making sure that we are focused on the on prioritizing the stuff that matters and ignoring the idea that we need to be busy all the time because that is not helping anyone. Definitely. And of course, it comes from that whole idea of, you know, we call it the American dream. I'm sure you have a similar term in Canada, but it was that whole idea of you, you work hard, you do really good. And then, you know, you get to wherever that that level of greatness is. But, you know, things have changed. The way the world operates has changed. And just because you're always doing something, you're always busy, it doesn't mean anything is actually getting done. So, you know, we've talked about so many great things so far about how to go on your solo retreat, give yourself some guided questions about really focusing in on what your business plan looks like and how that's going to shape your life and figuring out um, your high times and low times for energy. You know, we're almost out of time, but I would just love to ask, you know, what is the one big action step you think anyone should take if talking about productivity right after this? Uh, you know, they, they listen to this episode, they've got all these great ideas. Where do people really need to take that first step and start? I would say take a good hard look at your task list and and take a look at it go through you know set aside a half hour maybe maybe a little bit less maybe a little bit longer depending on the scale of your business write down every single thing that you do in your business and then go through it individually and say okay how does this connect back to my big goals and do I enjoy this or not and is this a productive task or a busy task? Once you can really do that, then it'll be very interesting to see how many things you might want to, you might be able to let go of. And also while you're doing that, make a little note, jot down is, or, or organize them into columns, high energy, medium energy, low energy. Uh, so you can really see where your energy is going and being distributed right now in your business. Definitely. It's a great idea. And also, of course, that first step of is uh, is making a task list. I think a lot of us feel that we do a lot less in our business than we're actually doing. Uh, and when you take when it comes time to actually write out those tasks, we realize how many different things, how many different pies we have our fingers in, uh, which is another great way to kind of uh, drain your energy for sure. So Sagan, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom with my audience. And if people want to learn more about you and your approach and, and more about productivity, uh, where can they find you? Yeah. So I actually have a free workshop, which, which teaches you how to host your own solo business retreat. And it, it, it includes all the, uh, things for setting up and preparing for it. And it also includes some sample reflection questions. So when you're going through those guided questions, it features all of that. So you can sign up for that. Again, it's totally free at saganmorrow.com slash retreat. Um, I also spend a lot of time on Twitter and Instagram. My handle is at Sagan Lives. And I also have a resources page on my website that's a, just a nice collection of how to be more productive and working from home more effectively. It, it just includes 
different types of things depending on how you learn. If you prefer to learn through blog posts or podcast episodes or books or online courses, it has a whole nice little list of different things that will help you be more productive. So you can check out that list of resources at saganmorrow.com slash resources. Fantastic. Definitely go and sign up for for the workshop on hosting your own solo retreat. That uh, takes a lot of the guesswork out. And for many of us, of course, uh, taking that first step means figuring out all the details. So the details are going to be figured out for you, which is great. And uh, definitely do go and follow Sagan on the social media and uh, check out that resources tab. I've looked at it. It's got some really great information there. Sagan, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Remember, keep calm and carry on. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the Audience Converter Podcast. For more information and important links about today's show or for access to our website, visit theaudienceconverter.com. Take a moment to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.